So of course you know you've got to write content to be visible, credible, all those things, from articles to posts to newsletters, but you're beginning to feel a bit blah, blah, blah about the whole thing. Well, this will liven you up. This is full of tips on how to make your content valuable to you and the people that consume it. Welcome to the Make It Real podcast. I'm Trisha Lewis, your host. This is about building your business without squashing your soul. Away from the algorithms and clickbait, I'm fueled by curiosity. I hope these conversations feed your curiosity. So I've got someone absolutely fabulous sat the other side of Zoom land today. And I've known this person actually for quite a few years. Um, We haven't spent hours together, but we spent quality time together. I think I first met this wonderful individual at a You Are The Media conference, uh, and she was one of the speakers and doing a really fascinating talk called The Lost in the Land of Content or something like that. And there were visuals and it was very rich. And this is the thing about this guest is she is very real in the way she paints the pictures about what we do with content online. And just the name of, of her setup says it all. She runs with partner Sharon Tanton, The School of Valuable Content. How about that? The School of Valuable Content. And in fact, she's the co-author of a book called The Valuable Content Marketing Book. I don't think you need much more than that to hook you in. So let's bring this lovely person into the picture. Hello, Sonia Nissen. Very nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me. And yes, it was on the beach in Bournemouth that we met. It was, yeah, it was beautiful in every way. And your talk was fascinating. And you had this, as I say, this fabulous map thing, the land of content, which was just so visual, taking us on that journey, because it's always a journey, isn't it? So let's, I, there are a few things that I'm keen to dig into, because when we, when we had a pre-chat, we covered things like imposter syndrome, and we covered how do you get to talk about how awesomely fabulous you are without it looking like you're showing off, and um, how do you talk about the personal bits of you, your story without it becoming too, you know, all the skeletons in the cupboard kind of thing. And I think people really, really do ask a lot of questions around that when they're, when they're producing content. But let, let's just start with the actual word that gets used in the book and in your setup, which is valuable. So how, how do we, div- you say valuable to, valuable to who for a start? Let's start with that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's really interesting words and, um, you know, content is everywhere, but valuable content is rarer, isn't it? You know, it's hard to find, it's hard to define, um, but as a consumer of it, you know when something's valuable or not. So it's, you know, you, you can only judge whether it's valuable through the eyes of the reader, the viewer, you know, the listener, whatever it is. I think that's really interesting, but um 
you know, I've thought about this a lot <laughs> over the years, as you can imagine, for the name of the company, the book, everything else. And um, and I think to be valuable, I mean, in, in essence, it means of use, you know, of interest, doesn't it? Um, but there's two sides of the equation. So, you know, if you imagine a Venn diagram, um, what we're looking for is the intersection between, you know, of use to you and your company, you know, it does something for you, it grows, it pulls people towards you, it, you know, in, engages people, entices people in some way. Um, but the other side is so important, you know, it's of use of value to the reader, to the consumer. And what we're looking for, what makes valuable content so fascinating and such a challenge, I think, is it has to balance those two sides. And you're looking for that intersection, that sweet spot, if you like, in the middle. So, you know, it, to be valuable, you know, it has to be a value to the reader. It has to be, you know, and I put that first. Um, but it's in aim of a goal, you know, long-term goal, which is, you know, to help us as independent business owners um, grow our businesses, you know, um, take our career in a certain direction. If we're, you know, inside an organisation, you know, change the world, if you like, as well. You know, I think it, I genuinely think, and I know I'm pushing it here, um, that content is a catalyst for for change, you know, so... Please Can I go do. down that route a minute? Because oh, I just had the most fascinating oh, discussion do. this morning. So I, we're working um, alongside, um, it's a Romanian-based uh, initiative, basically, called We Content. And um, they've recognised that across Europe, you know, the content has the power to unite us. There's lots of people working in content, you know, lots of people needing skills development and training and wanting to connect around this sort of exciting subject. Um, there's a lady, a Dutch lady, Carleen Posma, who's in, in, involved in this as well. And we were talking today about why we, why we are so excited, why do we get so excited about content, you know, content marketing, if you want to call it, valuable content. Um, and, and she shares my belief as well, which is, it is such an agent, a catalyst for change. You know, if you think of Greta Thunberg or somebody like that, you know, if she was just putting up adverts or posters, or whatever it was, nothing would change. What she's doing is sharing, you know, incredibly valuable content with a defined audience, you know, who are totally inspired and woken up by what she's saying about in service of a goal, you know, which is, you know, to engage people in the fight um, against climate change, you know, and therefore change the world. So, but it's it's not advertising or anything else around it that changes things. It's the content she's putting out there in all the different formats, you know. Um, so, yeah, you know, it can change businesses. And I am pushing it here, but I believe this, you know, it's a catalyst for change in well, the world well, as well. Yeah. It's important we focus yeah. on these things. Well, you've got to start <laughs> yeah. somewhere. I, I mean, it's sort of incremental, isn't it? Yeah. Because Because it has a... You know, somebody reads it, they talk about it to somebody else, they have a conversation, somebody else now gets inspired to share some content which perhaps they thought they wouldn't and now they do, etc. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And content's a weird word. I mean, it's a bit flat in itself, isn't it? You know, and when I when I got into this in the first place, it wasn't even called content. There wasn't even a word you know, the contents of something, but we didn't talk about content and I'm quite old. So this was like, you know, early web days really. But, um, you know, I think, you know, you attach something like valuable to it and it becomes more meaningful. Absolutely. You know, so. Yeah, because yeah. content, um, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, um, is, and you, you yeah. we were talking about how people, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit like, um, 
I, I, I know this is, sounds completely irrelevant, but I, <laughs> when I was in my early 20s, uh, 18, 19, 20, I worked at Harrods. I was doing a training thing there, but I ended up in the food hall behind the cream cake counter. Mm. And we were told um, that any cakes that weren't perfect or got slightly squashed by the box, you had to put them to one side, but we were allowed to eat them. And within, I think, the space of a week, I completely went off cream cakes I mean I had lots and then I went really off them and I've been off them ever since so I sometimes think <laughs> that people get to feel like that about content it's all yeah. over the place it's oh it's either boring or it's shouting or it's unoriginal or it's pretentious or it's, it's shock jock mm. uh, you know whatever and and it and for a lot of pe- thinking kind of people and more maybe sensitive kind of people, I don't know, they, it's it's very easy to run a mile backwards, isn't it, from it? Yeah, it is. It very much is. Yeah, I think that's very true, actually. And it's um, that's a real challenge, you know, because, you know, if, if we're running small businesses, we need to talk about ourselves. You know, we need to be found and liked and trusted and loved and bought from, you know, all of those things, um, which means talking about ourselves, which is, you know, a lot of the people that I work with, you know, people who come to school are experts. They're brilliant at what they do. Absolutely brilliant. You know, and they love their own independent businesses, but they don't like talking about, they find it very uncomfortable talking about themselves, you know, um, particularly because I think um, there's kind of a received wisdom out there that to be able to sell, you have to shout about yourself in a certain way. And I don't know where this has necessarily come from, you know, and it taps into my, I was in sales when I started in my career and you know, I did a sociology degree, jumped out into a um, recession in the early nineties and got a job in sales. And it happened to be in sales and consultancy services, you know, so B2B, you know, selling people's ideas, knowledge, you know, expertise, all those sort of things. And my sales training courses were taught exactly like that, you know, um, yeah, you had to, you know, um, sell you had to you know overcome objections you had to you know talk a lot you know, volume rather than quality was the thing you know and, and I could see it you can when you're in sales it's so interesting because you can see people's reactions to what you're putting out there you know um, or you get the phone slammed down on you you know so um, that it doesn't it didn't work then and it absolutely doesn't work now you know and I think you know what we're trying to do is educate people in a totally different way of talking about themselves you know but it's in their heads they've got this sort of picture of a salesperson, you know, and um, that's very uncomfortable if you're steeped in expertise. It's very uncomfortable to most people. Yeah, I mean, um, that could be what, yeah, definitely mm-hmm. that, that's no question. You you will have witnessed it over and over again. And so, so have I to a certain extent with clients is that sense of, oh, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. want to, the number of times I've heard, I don't want to be all salesy. I don't want to be all salesy. It's not me. It's not me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other thing is perhaps, you, they worry about going down the, it's almost like a sort of gradient thing, isn't it? Where at one end you've got the slightly superficial salesy stuff. And then at this end, you've got the, I'm going to literally throw all my life story out and spew it all over <laughs> every platform I can find. Yeah. And it's going to be shocking and gruesome. And I'm yeah. going to get thousands of likes and followers and it's going to go viral. And people, the same people that don't yeah. want to be salesy, don't want to be that either. Yes, yes, that's very true. That is very true. And I, you know, again, you know, the, the, it, it, that sort of vulnerability 
vulnerability is a connector. You know, I think there's a quote that I love, and it was from a guy called Joe Chernoff. I think he was talking to Mark Masters, actually, from the You Are The Media in one of his inter- early interviews years ago. And he was defining, you know, he was talking about valuable content. And he said, you know, to be interesting, to be valuable, um, content has to be inherently useful, useful or surprisingly human, inherently useful, surprisingly human. So, you know, and I, I think good content is both those things. It has, it is absolutely helpful. It helps somebody achieve a goal or solve a problem, but it also has that element of humanity in it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go down that splurging your entire life story, um, you know, in terms of getting there. But I think, you know, the way that we, we talk about it, Sharon and I, when we're in this school, is is about always holding the reader in mind, you know, so the consumer of the content itself. If you're having a conversation with them about your life, you'd be, and you, you'd be using that to help them um, uncover some lessons for themselves, you know, in service of, you know, where you're trying to take them. So it's not about just about you. It's about you in conversation with the reader and thinking about what they want to know and what they want to learn, you know, how they feel and what journey you want to take them on. So, you know, that our balancing act, you know, again, thinking of that Venn diagram is always keeping, yes, you know, the reader and that, you know, their needs, their feelings in mind which you, you wouldn't do if you're just going to splurge your life story over place yeah you, you just on yeah it's, it's not, it's not you're just on, on broadcast mode <laughs> not, so yeah you're on broadcast. And, and exactly exactly what yeah. you just said though is, is is brilliant because that that really that really describes it very well it, so imagine you're in a conversation or for coaches out there imagine you know this is a situation with a client you you will you're listening, you're listening, you're listening. Big word. I know you love it. Yes. I love it. It's a great word. So rarely done. Um, yeah. uh, politicians, hi. Uh, no. Uh, so you're listening, you're listening. And there's something that you're picking up. And you, you, there is a real sense that actually if you just gave a little bit of something slightly connected to do with your – so, for instance, if I was – somebody was feeling – like they're useless because they've you know their marriage is broken up or this or that and they're whatever and it's affecting their business and they feel like they've failed or whatever that would be a perfect opportunity for me to say something about you trust me you know yeah here I am from the land of my third marriage um and it's it's quite a journey isn't it and I don't need to then you know uh you know, I have a massive amount of stories connected to my first marriage, which are gruesome. Yeah, seriously gruesome and sad and horrible. And there will be moments where that could come out. For instance, I did a, um, but but what I'm saying is I could just vaguely mention that and it would give them a sense of, oh, mm-hmm. I've got a bit more of an open door here because this person clearly isn't going to judge me in some odd way because, you know, yeah. and that's the art of conversation, yeah. isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. And again, I've, I've talked about this before and I may have done this at the, I probably did actually at the You Are The Media thing, but I think it's important, you know, like there's certain books or, you know, experts in your life that really make a difference. And mine was this guy called Charles Green, who wrote a book called The Trusted Advisor. Um, and he, it, it's just, I mean, it's an old book. It's been re, um, 
reproduced several times, but the, 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 what really struck me, because I was in sales at the time, you know, I was selling consultancy services. So I was looking for our company to be the trusted advisors, you know, and, and our experts that we work with now, you know, exactly, we all want to be that, don't we? And, um, but he came up with this, um, with this equation around trustworthiness and, and it completely flipped my mind, you know, and it was, um, it's counterintuitive in the world of sales particularly at that time and that and the equation goes like this you know trustworthy that trustworthiness is a combination of credibility plus reliability plus intimacy and i thought that's interesting because it's not we think you know again the received wisdom is we just have to be credible we have to bang on about our you know how you know expert we are and you know it, how right we are for the job um reliability is important you know to do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it if that makes sense um but the intimacy was my surprising word and it's like oh that's interesting that means people trust you you know if you show your humanity you know um the equation here is all of those things really matter but they can be destroyed in an instant so credibility plus reliability plus intimacy divided by self-orientation so you can be as credible reliable and human as you like but if you're self-orientated not focused on the other person that destroys all of it you know and I think um how fascinating and if you think you know of a networking event or something like that you know um, somebody can be as credible like they can talk about you know stories that connect with you but if they're just interested in themselves you know they're they're trust you don't trust them at all do you and you want to run in the other direction it's exactly the same on a website you know if you think about the websites that just bang on about the company and how great they are and you know they might have this element but they don't you know they don't connect with you as the reader you know the um they, they they're gone the trust is destroyed you know so how fascinating so it does take credibility but it also takes that intimacy that humanity but all of it can be destroyed by self-orientation you know what you need is that love other focus does that, yeah it's very that cool, cool? Just, it's very very cool yeah it relies it, yeah it face-to-face communication as well as online yes absolutely mm. and and the thing is there shouldn't maybe be such a huge divide between those two which i think is another no no yeah, I think that's 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 gone a bit now, hasn't it? Post or you know, mid whatever we are pandemic. It's um, yeah, there's that's breaking down now. I think that's that dividing so line. So when you, so it's interesting because yeah. we we've, we've brought up self self orientation. You know, it's about the other person. Listen, listen but but equally, we're going to talk about ourselves as well. So da, 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 da. right. So now, okay. if you bring good old um, imposter syndrome into the picture, come on. Enter state right, imposter syndrome. Um, now, yeah. we use that term because I think it's been so widely used that everybody kind of gets what we're talking about when we say that now. Having said which, I'm not a major fan of the sort of, you know, when a, when a label's been used over and over again, it, it gets a bit degraded, I think, um, and people use it lazily. So yeah. hence why I've shaken it up a little bit with my squasher sort of terminology <laughs> i just want people to think slightly differently but let's 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 go with it so um you i would look at somebody like you for instance and i would think oh she's she's got it all going for her Sonia. i mean she's just brilliant i mean she really i mean she comes across she's so professional and yet she's so like she's got that balance perfectly and she's clearly got a really good setup it's clear uh, website's fantastic um you know she's just she's got so much experience she's you know she works globally probably and all this i do all that and and end up really 
quite easily putting myself down in this picture as as nowhere near mm-hmm. this elevated mm-hmm. status. Only <laughs> <laughs> you know the truth, Patricia. <laughs> this is what everybody does. So what I want to know is, is. have you is. have you found yourself feeling these feelings? And at what stage was it? Do you still feel these feelings? How do you deal with them? Go on, give us a, and and in this, Sonia, I'm going to push you a bit because you can also um, tell us. You can also demonstrate to the listeners that your life isn't one big set of rainbows and unicorns <laughs> and um, and award ceremonies and you know, it's elevated sitting on a cloud. Um, it, you are actually going through some quite interesting experiences and have done so. so yeah, give us a little bit of Sonia's story. That that you know the real. Stuff. Yeah, I will. I will. Oof, you pushed me on that one. So um we're talking imposter syndrome. Do I feel do I still feel that? Absolutely a hundred percent I do. Um I think there's times in your life where everything's going better, you know, and other times where you know life bombs a bit. And I certainly through the last few years have been through quite a few bombs. So, you know, marriage like you, you know, marriage absolutely exploding quite publicly, um, going back three years now. And uh, and at that point, you know, my confidence blew, you know, um, and I found myself in a situation where, you know, I hadn't been for some years actually just questioning absolutely everything, um, including my business, you know, what I was doing in life and everything else as well, um, in need of, you know, consistent money, which is difficult, you know, and yes, everybody knows running an independent business. And, um, and I lost my mojo, I guess, you know, a lot of times in terms of, you know, the energy you need to keep uh, running your own business. And um, luckily, you know, thank you to my network, you know, I got a job in corporate for a while for a, for a year. Um, and, you know, just switched off, you know, I, I wasn't talking, you know, I wasn't writing for the first time, everything went quiet, you know, and I just, I think there are times when you just need to go into yourself a little bit, then I, I, I forgive myself entirely for doing that. Um, I learned a hell of a lot through that process, but corporate is not for me. You know, it's, I think I've been self-employed for 20 years and I, I, I lost, lost nearly a year and can fly back out again, you know, into a world where, you know, I was suddenly on my own um, thinking, how do I start up? something new you know and uh, all of those imposter fears you know starting a new business everything that all the people that I coach feel I I felt too you know and um and I, and I, I tried to take my medicine at that point I wrote a post actually I stuck it up on medium and it was called what do I do now <laughs> I think so I thought I'm going to write myself out of this because I know how that's helped me before it helps me get clear and it helps other people you know engage with me give me help so I basically asked people for help and I said this is what this is what I'm where I've been this is what's blown up for me this is the the amount of skills you know I've got the the variety of skills and where do I go and I and I I set out the process of what I was going to do to get out myself out of this hole and the first thing was listen you know so going back to that word um so you know I went to the people who knew me well past life and you know more recently and I did exactly what I encourage other people to do when they're in this situation which is to go and ask their clients and their best contents contacts for feedback and I asked them you know what where my sweet spot was you know if they were going to refer me what would they say you know why the world needs somebody like me you know and um listen very hard to that and that helped me get out of that hole and it helped you know give me very positive feedback which we all need particularly at difficult times, but it also gave me a sense of direction. And interestingly, it also got me lots of work because I think people like to be asked, you know, um, 
that's a vulnerability thing again it's a difficult thing to do but I've noticed this is a big part of my work you know this listening on behalf of my clients listening and give, gathering that feedback for people um you know it gives them exactly you know that sense of direction if in a bigger company it helps pull people together and stop them throwing rotten tomatoes at ideas because they get it from the outside but it also often you know pulls people towards them because people love to be asked, you know, and, and it helps them build, develop those relationships, which lead to more work. So, you know, that's helped me enormously, but do I still suffer from imposter syndrome from time to time? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I try and look at it from the, you know, the people I'm trying to help's point of view and block out the noise quite a lot, you know, but I've got Sharon with me. He's the most incredible writer. I'm often very intimidated. <laughs> I hope she listens to this. Um, you know, by the, she's an amazing, she's a better writer than me in a lot of ways, you know, and I, I'm constantly like having to just hold back and go, I, I can do it's, this. It's, <laughs> I, I, you know, and the so, thing is yeah. that, you know, I know it's a cliche to say, you know, um, I can't, I said it's a cliche and I can't remember what the cliche was. Um, you know, it's, it's like showing <laughs> yeah. your workings and, you know, the first draft and all the rest of it. Yeah. I, I've recently upped my game on Medium. Funnily enough, you mentioned Medium. So we'll connect oh, on that because yeah. I want to have a look yeah. at that article. But and I'm beginning to get a little. I mean, hey, who'd have thought if you don't really write consistently and actually follow other people's posts and look at them and engage and discover people, then you are really just sort of uh, speaking to uh a vacuum of nothingness so I have upped my game yeah. and made it made it something more interactive and more also exactly everything mm. you're saying you know really thinking what kind of questions would they be asking and the, da, 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 da. and I do weave in some personal stuff as well but but every time I write something I'm I'm spending longer than I used to because I'm quite okay at yeah. writing but I was therefore doing it too quickly because I could sort of get away with it. And it, there's that interesting um, intersection, isn't there, between if you're reasonably good at something, the, the temptation that actually doesn't do you any favours is to just do it, like like me with videos or whatever, whatever. And But actually you do have to keep stopping yourself and thinking, whoa, 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 come on, come on, spend a little longer on this, slow down a bit. Try something slightly yeah. different, hone that a bit, read some other stuff, think actually not to copy, but to just sort of um, immerse a little mm -hmm. bit in all sorts of different possibilities and then reread it. And then you put it out there and then you could look back. If I look back over my Medium articles, my LinkedIn mm -hmm. articles for, over, you know, two years ago, I would see a very clear um, journey, okay? And I think mainly it's yeah. brought me to a, a better place, not only in the quality maybe of the writing, but quality is a bit of a ephemeral word. But let's just say, but also the um, the the align the alignment with who I really am and what and what not who I really am just yeah. that because that sounds a bit self orientated, but who I am mm. in terms of the value to other people. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah, that's real progression, Trish. That's brilliant. And I think you you can't start at a point of perfection. You know, you can't. And uh, if I look back to my early posts, it was quite a long time ago now. Luckily, they're quite well buried. Somebody's going to find it now. But um, they were pretty shoddy, to be honest. I mean, I, you know, but I I was I feel quite proud because I started. You know, I think that my first place was on is when content management systems first came in, and I was experimenting with Drupal, and it was this post. Uh, oh, oh, I can't even say this, but you know, I'd sort of. I had a picture of, do you remember the banana split 
the, the banana, yeah, uh, banana bunch or the I can't remember. Oh, there was, I was, I, there's a guy called Drooper on that, and I put a picture of Drooper up because I was talking, talking about Drooper. It was appalling, you know. It's like, oh, what was I doing? And um, you know, but you've got to start somewhere. And actually, it did connect with a couple of people. And Post Two was on Twitter because I was kind of experimenting with that since years ago, um, and it wasn't well written, but I remember it got me some work, you know. <laughs> You know, because it connected with somebody. I was just telling the story of my experience, first early experiences with Twitter I, I, yeah. at the time. You know, connected with somebody, and then I've got yes, so, that, so you know? you're, so you're right. You I can't think. start it perfect. So, so, um, and and the human, the human bit, the intimacy bit that we talk about in that equation that you said, you know, is is part part of showing that you're not perfect <laughs> because otherwise you just otherwise you're just a shiny cover, aren't you? You're just a a beautifully yeah, organized yeah, yeah. window dressing thing and and you know and people you know yeah, if you yeah. if you go and look at what well they in the days of retail I mean I've told you I go back to Harrods and all the rest of it so you know the window displays were such a big deal I mean they were they were you know ah amazing <laughs> but it was always more fun to actually see the people working on the window displays and you know with the mannequins oh, half yeah. with their arms over here and that and you could see the thought process more and and that made it real I mean once you've once you've just put everything up and it looks mm. brilliant yeah great but there's not so much going on yeah. there to connect with. So I, I I don't know why that came into my mind as a metaphor or an analogy or a simile. But yeah, I love that. That's good. <laughs> um so yeah. you mentioned Twitter. So just let's let's just wrap up actually in because there is a lot of noise out there. And one of the things is that there are so many platforms. Um and mm. I I really struck so I'm this is going to feel like I'm getting a free mentoring session um but th let's go with it um because because I think I speak for many other people Let, let's hope so anyway so my main my main platform is LinkedIn so that's where I put mm. most of my concerted effort and I sensibly have worked out that if I write an article for medium then I can repurpose it on my blog which is on my website and as an article on LinkedIn Hey, well done, Trisha. Gold star. Mm -hmm. Only took you about four years to figure that one out. Right. So that's that's a simple mm -hmm. little tip. But but then we've got Twitter. And I do dabble in Twitter, but dabble is potentially not dangerous, but not doing me any favors because I sort of mm -hmm. I'm kind of having conversations on there, but part of the conversation, you know, I'm very interested in everything that's going on in the world all the time. Okay, so so something grabs yeah. my attention, da, 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 and and for some reason I would never do this on LinkedIn, um, but for some reason on Twitter, yes, right, you know, in there with the, with this comment, and it could be politics, it could be uh, climate change, it could be all sorts, yeah. and then lo and behold, I'm sharing a link to an article or a video I've just done, or I'm commenting um, on something much more general, like a personal I've met up with somebody in my community and that's lovely and and I realize now that it's all over the shop so what do we do what what how do we construct for the curious minded amongst us who like to sort of communicate and get interested and go down rabbit holes and all those do, do we need to sort of find one outlet that we can do that that is nothing to do with social media or or is it is it wrong to be all muddled up there this is a very muddled question I don't, 
Okay. No, it's a great question. And, you know, again, it's always easier to see perhaps from the outside in, but I don't think you're doing anything wrong. I think what you've just told me is that your main platform is LinkedIn. You know, it sounds like you're organized, you know, you've got a thread going there, you know exactly what you're doing, you know, and that's where the main conversation, the main Trisha conversations happen. That's brilliant. You know, if you want to dabble in Twitter and be the self that's curious about all sorts of different things, that's fine. I think just let yourself off the hook, to be honest. Um, I genuinely do, you know, so you can't be utterly perfect and cohesive on every single platform. And, you know, I think you came to the same you other media talk as I did with Joe Polizzi, which again, blew my mind, you know, this is a couple of weeks ago. Um, he runs The Tilt and has written a book called Content Inc. And in that, you know, he's learning from, you know, a lot of the younger generation perhaps, but it doesn't just span the younger generation content creators out there who focus on one platform, you know, their Instagram stars or their YouTube queens or their, you know, whatever it is, you know, but it doesn't mean they don't necessarily double in other places as well. But I think, you know, just, you know, putting all your concerted, most cohesive um, efforts into LinkedIn like you are, that's great, you know, and don't worry so much about dabbling on Twitter. <laughs> it's fine. You're a human. You know, you are curious about all sorts of other things. You know, there may be other people out there who give you different advice. That's my view. Let yourself off the hook. You know, do exactly what you're doing. Focus even more down on LinkedIn if you, you know that's yeah. where the conversations happen. And that, yeah, you're curious about politics and all sorts of different things. That's, I think, what Twitter is really, you know, I, I follow amateur meteorologists on Twitter, swimmers, because I love that, you know, politicians, econ economists, you know, as well as people in the content realm, you know, businesses. Yes. It's yes. fine. Yes. You know, that, that's good. Because I yeah. think, because I think curiosity mm. is another one of my favourite listening and curiosity comes right up in that list as well, as I'm sure it does for you. Yeah. And I think where else you, <laughs> where are you going to get your, this is a thing, just to, yeah. just quickly, so, so I'm, I've been working with a couple mm -hmm. of people recently, are very quite new to putting content out on LinkedIn in the way it should be, the, the more human way. Um, and a lot of people think, you know, CV and it's boring and it's this and it's that. So, so we're, we're working on that. And, and then they, you know, it, it does slightly surprise me when people say, well, I don't know what, I don't know what to talk about. And it, I, I, mm. I, I kind of think, well, it's, it can't just be me. I mean, you basically, if you are just listening, watching, observing mm. but maybe it's maybe it's that mm. they that they're always thinking in terms of some kind of templatey sort of this is what how you do yeah. things on LinkedIn do you think that's the problem because a lot yes. of people do say that oh I don't know what to talk about yeah and no, I, th I think you know we've done research over the years and you'll remember on that map you know that we had one location sort of pitfall which is probably more prominent than everybody else and it's um we called it foggy yes. bottom, <laughs> um, which is, you know, where, um, you know, you just don't know what to say, you know, so it could be when you're thinking about the blog on your website or you're thinking about LinkedIn, social media, you know, you get stuck because you've no idea what to talk about. And, and again, you know, we help people think about that equation, you know, it's yes, you know, it'll be stuff that interests you, but it's got to be stuff which interests your community as well. So try simple things like asking your clients, you know, what they know you for and what they want to hear from you, you know, take keep a notebook of questions you get asked, because you will get asked the same questions again and again and again, you know, and 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 out the answers to those, you know, um, yeah, those we, are exactly we the kind of things that you know you'd be sharing online. Be helpful. And but it, it starts with having a, a real person in mind, you know, a, 
you know, a, a, a target audience, if you like, but I'm going to take it further than that. You know, one of our tests, valuable contents of tests really is, you know, who are you going to send this to, this, this post or this article, whatever it is. No, really not, don't just give me a sort of made up avatar or whatever. I want a name of a real person. If you don't have a name of somebody you're creating this for, I'm creating this for you, Tricia, to help you get over imposter syndrome. You don't necessarily have to name them, but if you don't have a real person in mind, it won't be valuable, you know, because I think a lot of content is created out there for the ether, you know, the internet or whatever it is. It's like, no, no, this is a conversation between you, you know, and your audience. It starts with you and one other person. So if you can't put a name down there of somebody you're writing this for, don't, or, you know, videoing it for whatever it is, don't create it. You know, it's like, it won't be valuable. It has to be valuable to a real person if it's valuable to them it's likely to be valuable to others who we're all you know have struggle with similar things don't we yeah but a real person real person real person so So it's a conversation it's a conversation isn't it it's a conversation i'm so glad we've we've not we've knocked the whole avatar thing on the head there with that that pleases (laughs) me a lot um of course, there's also yeah. niche, uh, which is another word. Um, and I think just people just, they over yeah. they begin, there's so much of this blah, 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 blah. And then people start overthinking and they yeah. completely lose yeah. the sort of raw simplicity of everything that they've got. And you just said it. You are asked questions all the yeah. time. And in those questions is the gold dust of the inspiration. There's the gold. There's the gold. And it, it can help you, you know, if you think like that, because a lot of people really struggle with, you know, writing valuable content, writing a blog article with somebody, you know, they, if you ask them a question or if you, if so, if they're asked something by email, they can answer it really, really easily, but you tell them to sit down and write a blog article, you know, and they freeze because all of these imposter syndromes and all of these sort of misconceptions come into mind and it just stops you where you are. But, you know, one of the um, exercises that we get people to do is write it like an email. So, you know, um, and we will literally write somebody an email and say, you know, that we're knowing the question, you know, that they want to investigate and say, can you tell me a little bit about this? I'm struggling with this, you know, and they will write it beautifully back to you now that is perfect fodder. You can turn that into the most amazing blog post, and it just frees people up. Oh, that is you know, that, so is, that is such a good yeah. tip. Such a good tip, and it's yeah. very similar, I think. To um, I, I I will recommend people to take their you know phone recorder, voice recorder th- on their phone. Um, you know, oh, walk around yeah, the block and and sort of have just talk blabber on to find about what if this and what if that and I was just thinking that and this is that you know you, you it's similar sort of like a, a kind yeah, of real moving normal conversation and then and then you just listen back and think that's it that's yeah. it that's the bit that's the bit that's really going to yeah. tie this all together or you know say to somebody I want to have a chat over Zoom can I record it and because I think everything we talk about is going to yeah. be fabulous for for other people it's make it make it as real as possible <laughs> would you believe that's the name of this yeah, podcast exactly. on you i can't believe yeah. it what, that, what a wrap up <laughs> um, before back. we wrap up two things <laughs> one i want obviously you to let people know um how to discover all your all your value um but two just give me a clue on the last bit of cold water swimming you did oh wow i did um it wasn't that's not actually that cold at the moment but I did a fantastic relay I'm in Bristol so Clevedon is our nearest seaside and they've got an amazing marine lake 
and uh, we did a relay there, 24 hour relay um, with a team of us. But actually, no, the last Cold War swim I did was a couple of days ago. And it was with my earliest client when I was free lunch. It's called Jane Northcott. She's the most incredible woman, but wrote a book called Making Change Happen. She got me into swimming in the first place because um, she used to swim in London. I used to swim in Hampstead Ponds. And um, we had, she used to me for meetings in Hampstead Ponds. So we'd be, you know, thinking about the book. I helped to write the book. And uh, and we'd be, we'd go for a meeting in the middle of, you know, in the in swimming up and down <laughs> amongst the coots and the moorhens <laughs> with the, uh, you know, the beautiful water lilies all around us. That's So yeah, anyway, I invited her to Cleveland and we had a beautiful swim around the pier and this gorgeous sunny morning Fantastic. a couple of days ago. Um, but it was her, it was her what, that got me into swimming. What was the, the book called? So it was, yeah, Jane work Jane Jane Northcott and the book's called Making Change Happen. She is phenomenal. And that book is, I mean, the, the lessons in that. She taught me the whole listening piece in the first place years and Fabulous. years ago, you know, that feedback. You know, she was the inspiration. She I tell you what, I rarely had a, a podcast yeah. um, episode with so many references in it. And yet you managed, no, it was brilliant. You managed oh. to just, you know, they just sort of slipped off your tongue as you wove them through. And, <laughs> and, and that's just how it should be. And, and you know, it's obvious that you are constantly curious and constantly still learning. Yeah. And every, you see that as an example. Oh, no, listeners, Sonia doesn't know everything and she isn't perfect. And everything. <laughs> she's still learning and she's eager to learn from other people, like you, even if it's swimming with coots and moorhens. I mean, this is just fabulous. What a great picture that is. And I live by the sea, as you know, so... I went in a couple of weeks ago and I used to yeah. live in Clevedon, interestingly. So I know, I know that pier very well. So we'll, we'll catch up about our, um, yes, our Bristol memories at some stage. And, yeah. I, you know, um, I, I just want to say thank you because that was full of so much <laughs> valuable content. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> Imagine yes. if it wasn't. Oh my god, imposter syndrome city. Right. So Sonia, yeah. where, where where's the best place for people to connect with you? Well, you know, like you, I think probably LinkedIn, thank you, your audience and, and mine as well, you know, so do please connect with me there. Um, you'll see links all over the place. But, you know, if you if you want to have a look at the school, that's um, uh, valuablecontentschool.co.uk. Um, you'll find via LinkedIn. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram for pictures of swimming. <laughs> Just look at Sonia Nissen on that one. That's covered in pictures of Bristol and swimming, basically. But, um, yeah, do connect. If you've got any questions, you know, by all means, shout out. Excellent. Well, I'll put all the links with, with the with the show notes. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. I'll let you get on with the rest of your day. It's been an absolute joy. Oh, it's lovely to talk to you. Thanks. Thanks so much. Speak soon. Yes! Inspired by that episode, how about some action beyond the words? Take this one small step. The very next post you write make sure in your head you're thinking this is a conversation. Who am I having this conversation with? And think of an actual person, not a made-up avatar. You don't have to know what day they do their shopping on and you know all that. Just think of a real person. You know them and you know what they're going to engage with. So have a conversation with them. Why don't you carry on feeding your curiosity by heading to trishalewis.com. You'll find links to previous episodes. 
you'll find out how to buy my book, The Mystery of the Squashed Self, and all sorts of other goodies. Look forward to the next episode. Your fingers fall.